Hello everyone, I'm Brody, student web designer and web developer. Welcome to the first episode of the Student Dev Den. This is a podcast focused on front-end development for students and people of interest alike. Today, the topic we're going to be starting off with is going to be breaking into or starting off front-end web development. We've all been there, either we are right now or we're just getting started. Today, I'm going to help you get a little bit of a push and an idea really where to start with your front-end web development journey and guide. If this is something that you're interested in or you want to see more of something like this, all you have to do is share the content and light, so it lets me know that there's a common interest. With that being said, before I actually dive into some of my tips and really the quote-unquote guide I have for you, I do want to talk about something which is, well, really who I am. So again, I'm Rody, and I'm speaking on the perspective of a student. I am a student. And whether you are self-taught or self-learning, going to a boot camp or doing what I'm doing, going through the traditional four-year route, um, things can be complicated. You may not know exactly where to start. It may be hard to get information. And that's exactly the point of this podcast. As I'm growing, you're going to be growing. As you get information, I get information. And as you learn something, I learn something. So that is entirely the point of this podcast is really to help us really grow together and find out what information do we actually need to know and what is, you know, available for us and where can we get it? Because that's what I struggle with the most, just obtaining information and really where to start. So why not I just hurry up and just jump into my little podcast that I have so far and really get into, I guess, the intro level, how to jump in, you know, to front-end web development. Oh, one more tidbit. This is Again, just jumping into it, I'm not going to cover advanced things like JSON or Ajax or uh, like SAS or any other CSS preprocessor, Webpack. I'm not going into any of that. I'm just more into right now talking about how to get started, how to jump into it. These are things that I do have a bit of experience with, but... um, I'm just trying to get you, I guess, I guess this right now, what this first podcast is, is just to explain how do you get to a comfortable level or where I am. I would consider myself comfortable. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable um, with the technologies I have. I wouldn't call myself an expert by any means. I only started five months ago, but I definitely will say I'm comfortable. And I definitely do know the tools that I have to make some pretty great looking applications and some pretty functional looking applications. Um... So with that being said, that means I'm going to start off talking about CSS, um, HTML, JavaScript, um, what else? The debugger and your text editor. Um, Really, those are the fundamental things that you really need to get started with. So that way you can do any type of web development whatsoever. So I think the first thing I'm going to talk about is the um, languages, HTML and CSS. So these are really great languages, but where should you write them in? And obviously a text editor. The text editor that I use is um, Visual Studio Code. I like it, it's great. Um, I think Microsoft and Windows are great applications. Um, To the Mac users, um, I know, kill me, scream me, whatever, crucify me, whatever you wanna do, I'm sorry. I am a Windows person, I love Windows. It's very business oriented to me and it has the flexibility that I need, um, especially for file, especially for like um, exploring through files and, you know, keeping all my files 
I want I was about to say safe. I'm keeping them contained and it just has to me a better looking interface, even though you know Mac is more built on like making prettier interfaces. That's just kind of the thing that I like. It's just very straight to the point. And there are many other text editors you can use, but in my opinion, it does not matter the text editor you use. There are people that use Notebook Plus Plus. Um, there are people that use Brackets. There are people that use um, Sublime Text, I think, or Atom. Um, the text editor does not matter whatsoever. The text editor will not make you a better um, developer by any means. Um, even for an IDE, like if you are a back-end developer, maybe you're just trying to get into front-end. It doesn't matter. It, it really does not matter. Um, as long as you can very viably um, update your, you know, your HTML, your CSS, and your JavaScript in a safe place that is easy to access. I think that's the most important thing whatsoever. If I did have to be biased, I do say use Video Studio Code or Brackets. And the reason, because one, I started off using Brackets. So Brackets was just familiar to me because it's the first thing I ever used in order to actually, you know, type code. And Video Studio Code, especially, I feel like it is the most powerful out of all the text editors. Um, it makes me very fast at typing because of the, um, uh, what's it called? Of the, um, oh, it finishes the words for you. Um, and what else does it do? You can add extensions. I have a color extension and a bracket and like a bracket indicator to let me know what bracket I'm in. So I'm not just too um, mixed up with my with my nested elements. Um, again, you don't need any of that stuff. If you're really good at like, if you're really good with hierarchy and all that other stuff, you don't, you don't need it. Um, these are the preferences that I like that I just decided to use. I'm not picky. Um, so that's just really that. So, but other than that, oh boy, is this going to be a that contest with myself? LOL. Well, besides the point, HTML by itself is not very hard to learn. Actually, it's not hard to learn at all. The only requirement I would say to break into HTML is to really just, just learn a syntax. Um, you know, I say, I say to anyone that is learning it, you learn HTML as you're writing CSS. Um, because in order to write, you know, CSS, in order to make great application, you have to write HTML. The further and further down you start exploring and advancing in CSS, the more better you'll get at writing effective and reusable and efficient HTML. Um, you don't have to learn every syntax. You don't. If anything, you can just really just learn how to do um, the dot type and, you know, the head, the title, um, the links so that way you can actually link your, you know, your other files to each other. And, well, obviously the body tag, your script tags for your JavaScript and whatever. Um, and then just div, just div like crazy. Um, you don't really need to learn the other, the other ones. Obviously, like input tags, checkboxes, radio buttons, or radio circles, wherever, wherever we call them. Um, obviously you need to know those too, but I'm just saying like, um, you don't, you don't really need to learn every single thing in HTML. You'll learn it as you go. Um, it is not something that you can't, it's not something that will stop you from learning. It, it will only just make you really go out to look for the information. So that's really it. So HTML is very intuitive. It's very, very intuitive, especially if you have a very good memory. If you have a good memory, you remember the syntax. 
And that honestly almost goes for almost every language we're going to cover today. CSS, um, syntax-based, um, what's it called, JavaScript. Yes, it's syntax-based. Um, it's syntax-based, I'm sorry. Um, to, to a degree, to a degree. Um, I'll cover it more. But CSS, so CSS is a meta language within itself. I consider HTML and CSS honestly as one language in itself, just because you can't do one without the other, in my opinion, if you want to make effective applications. So with that being said, I think there are just the things that you need to know about is just the basics. Just just go over the basics. Um, if you master the basics in whatever language you're learning, you can learn anything. You can do anything you want because you know the basics. And the basics is the most important thing. It is how you get anywhere in any type of development. So learn how to um, externally style your sheets, meaning learn how to style your HTML inside of your CSS um, you know, files. You know, we if you want to be professional work in a professional setting you have to style almost you have to style all your elements and another sheet um it sh you should not have in you know like inline styling unless it's like personal projects or whatever that's fine but it, it will just be better to just go into the practice of you know externally styling your html elements obviously um zen you would go more into like div, like you know, div for life. I'm pretty sure a developer will tell you that. Like, uh, what's the secret to um, HTML? Div, 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 div. LOL. Like, just have a million div tabs nested in each other. But you know, so div tabs they do give you the naming conventions, so you can actually name your elements um, for what you're going to style. So I would just say, you know, when you're doing that, make sure you have good practice. So use good. Um, naming conventions, use naming conventions that are reusable, but, you know, are unique. So that way you don't accidentally style stuff that wasn't supposed to be styled. And, you know, obviously remember the names and all that, whatever the application may be. The point, and before I go on, the point of web development, or not the point, but the, the key to web development is efficiency. Um, yes, effective code, but efficiency I would say effective code and efficiency are on the same line. And the reason because effective code is one thing, like if it works, it works. It's really whatever, depending on where you go. Like, you know, there's some company that don't care if you write um, pre ES6 or ES6 plus um, JavaScript or whatever. Some, some of the places they don't really even care. Um, it's really just about the efficiency. Like how efficient is your code? How taxing is your code? And how annoying is it to really deal with you? Like even making, there are some people that can't make readable code. So if you can make readable, reusable um, code, you're already in a different ballgame than most people. So there is that. Um, you know, learn how to do proper chaining and nesting your elements. Learn how to, you know, nest them um, properly. That's also a good thing to do. And... Before I dive into any more topics, I'm not gonna go that further into CSS, but this is something that I feel like every single person should learn. Honestly, I don't even think you should call yourself a developer if you don't even know this topic, if you don't know this concept, but understand the box model or understand the DOM. If you don't understand the DOM, you don't understand the web. You can't do any type of development or you can't make effective development without understanding what the DOM or the box model is. And the reason is because it is how essentially your your browser places elements, you know, on your screen. 
So if you don't know how that works, like if you're the type of person that doesn't matter, I mean, that doesn't care about uh, where your box sizing is on, you know, that kind of, that kind of that shows me like, you know, your development process and not like in a bad way or anything. It'll show me how much information you know versus how much information you don't. And believe me, for a long time, I didn't know what box sizing, uh, what box sizing was. Um, I actually think I learned about two months ago and keep in mind, I'm on five weeks in. So, you know, learning what that was, it changed my whole speed of development. It made everything much faster, quicker. I was able to um, really style my elements however I really wanted just for really learning that topic. Um, I am a border box guy. You know, content box is great, but I want to have the full efficiency and how I develop my elements. So there's that. Um, if you are fine with using content box, that is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, as long as you know how to work with them, you get the best of both worlds. But that's how come I will say you need to stay on this topic. You need to make sure it's hammered in. You know this. You know how to use. You know how this concept works when you're doing any type of um, design whatsoever, because it's important, especially for the next topic I want to cover, which is well, flex boss and grid. These are very important things you need to know in order to give structure, hierarchy, and really good design for any web application. If you are if if you are struggling with flex boss and grid and already don't have the understanding of how the of how the DOM works and how you know the, the box model works, you're gonna have a very hard time with your um, web design, with your web development process. I promise you you are. So to save yourself the trouble, you know, struggle for a few hours, days, months, whatever it has to be to save yourself a lifetime of struggle with understanding the core fundamentals of Flexbox and Grid and the box model. I promise you. Um, honestly, after learning those things, you can make really whatever template you want. You can make it however the client wants you to make it or you can make it however you want to make it. You know, having those skills will put you on a level above a lot of back-end developers that try to go into front-end because in my opinion I think back-end developers make the worst front-end developers I can make a whole nother podcast about that but you have the advantage because you know how those elements work over them and you could make whatever template you want and you also could provide flexibility for companies where they don't have to like just slap some bootstrap on a website you know you can make an entire template you can really make the company have a very beautiful application just with flexbox and grid i promise you these are very powerful technologies now i will admit i'm st- i am biased over those two technologies flexbox and grid i prefer grid over flexbox any day um small reason is just because you have the full you have the full like maximum flexibility with grid you can style it however you want with grid area um with grid gap it's wait is grid gap even still a thing no i don't think so i don't i don't think i ever used grid gap before maybe maybe like when i first started but i don't i don't know if you can i don't know um but yeah, so stuff like that, you know, that's very important to know if, yeah, is there, it's just really good to know. Yes, you can get away with a lot of things with Flexbox. Flexbox is, in my opinion, a very quick fix. I mean, quick fix, sorry. It's a quick fix to a lot of problems that you may run into and you just don't have the answer for it, like maybe at the moment. Flexbox is very 
efficient in that way for one dimensional styling but if you want two dimensional great styling that can fit on almost any um you know um what am i trying to say oh application then grid is the best way to go and that actually moves me to my next point um which is um web responsiveness that's another thing if you are really good with media queries and making your applications responsive on almost any device you are already a better pick for for i i don't have an exact percentage but just know you're in an entirely other ball game if you know how to make great effective media queries if you can make your website look great on any application that is going to make you stand out that is going to make you look really really good as a web designer or as a web developer it doesn't matter um that is a very 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 i can't even say how many varies there are there's so many varies um it's such a good skill especially in the world where we live in now where it's mobile first people if if you're trying to impress someone with a project and you're outside you can't say oh look at my laptop or let me get my laptop like no they have a phone you have a phone they should be able to look at your site on the phone and I find it very hilarious because my website on my Twitter is not exactly that media responsive, but that's because it was a midterm project and I was under a deadline. So there was that. So it doesn't really look that pretty on the phone, but I'm telling you on the web, well, it doesn't look that pretty on the, well, it does look pretty, but it doesn't have everything I want it to have. Um, I am going to redesign it later, but that was me a month ago. And also I was under a time constraint and the class I'm in, I'm not really that focused in that class to be honest not like i'm not paying attention but um you know what never mind let's just skip that just know that um my portfolio website is not looking like it's like a it's like a seven out of ten it could it should be really a not it should be like a nine million out of ten but it's a seven out of ten um and i think everyone's um, portfolio website should be an 11 million out of ten because you know you're gonna make the greatest design ever i promise you once you become you know, a really good designer or a really good developer. Um, what was I about to say? Yes, you can dive into animations if you want to. If you want to learn keyframes, that's fine. I think that just depends for what you're doing. If you're a web designer, yes, learn keyframes, obviously. If you're a web developer, that just depends. Um, but I honestly, wait, scratch that. Regardless, learn key animations. But I really think that just depends on your work process um, or really who you are. Again, we're talking about the intros. Like, this is like how to break into it, how to feel comfortable before we start learning more advanced topics. Because, ooh, sorry. Because animations and even in itself, media queries is a bit advanced. But I only say learn it because, well, it's expected of you to know how to do those things for any type of development or any type of design. It does not matter. So... There is that. Um, and I will say the other thing that I would um, start learning, really co-learning, you should co-learn this while you're learning um, any, while you're co-learning CSS, is using a debugger or using um, your dev tools. Your dev tools are your best friends. You know, there are people that I know who do not use their dev tools and it is very painful watching them edit or try and figure out a problem even with javascript with html it doesn't matter 
it is a pain to watch people, you know, edit code out their debugger. Because your debugger, honestly, is like a cheat. It's like it's a cheat sheet in a way. It, it basically is. Your debugger will allow you to gain so much insight to how to style your elements and what's really wrong with it or how can you do it. The debugger of my choice and it's the browser because, you know, front-end developers, we edit on the browser, um, which is Google Chrome. I think Google Chrome is great. Um, you know, you know, with snippets, with elements, with source inspect, um, with the call stack, all that is great. I will learn it really go on YouTube. It's so easy to learn how to use, um, the developer tools. Um, I will admit there are some people that make it a little boring, but I think the developer tools are so much fun. Every time when I'm editing a website, my developer tools are always on. They're always on because I need to know how my application looks on every media responsiveness. And that's how come I say, wow, my, you know, my portfolio site should look a little better. And it should look better because, well, um, I didn't really use my developer tools while I was doing that project. And the reason was because, again, I was under a time constraint. But this is me trying to make excuses for, you know, how my project looks, whatever. It should be good regardless. It doesn't matter. It should be good. If I have the time, even if I'm under a time constraint, I have the tools, I have the resources. I, that should not be an excuse. Um because that's not going to be a good excuse for any client or any company you go work in. So don't repeat me. Don't repeat me. Make yourself excellent. Make it beautiful. And if it's not, say you did that on purpose, to be honest. Like, to be honest. Say you did it on purpose because you wanted that decision. Like, own up to it. Own up to it. Um, so I guess because I am talking a bit about JavaScript already. Sure. Let me, um you know, go into the topic, why not? And so JavaScript. JavaScript is, you know, maybe your first taste and maybe your only taste in a programming language. Um, and by only choice, I mean, by only taste, maybe meaning that you may only use JavaScript for your programming, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what I see myself doing forever. I only see myself in most, as much as programming in JavaScript. I do know a backend language, um, which is, you know, Python. But, you know, I and I do know a little bit of Java, but I'm not good at no departments and I don't want to use those things. I'm not good at that. I'm not I'm not good at it whatsoever. Um, wait, do we consider PHP a back end language? Well, I always get confused by the term server side and back end. I guess back end is just anything that has to do with server side um, languages or data, but whatever. Um, so anyway, scratching the point. JavaScript may be your only backend language because it technically is a backend language, even though it's only used on the browser. And I think a lot of people look at JavaScript as this giant, scary beast. I know I did. I wasn't like, quote unquote, scared. I was just, you know, I was just intimidated by it. You know, the idea that, oh, no, it's, it's programming, LOL. But it's not. I promise you, it's not scary. Um, JavaScript is very nice. She plays by the rules and there's times where you just want to hurt her, but you can't because she's your OG. She's your best friend. And that's kind of what I want to break down a little bit more before I talk a little bit about what should you learn, um, specifically with JavaScript. And that is one JavaScript is not very powerful. Um, it's really not all your technologies with the front end developer rely on, well, the browser. It relies on the internet. Without it, you can't do much with it. Um, you know, CSS is really just JavaScript. Um, it's it's already pre it's pre-made functions already done for you. All you're doing is just putting it together to make it, you know, how you want. 
same thing with JavaScript. JavaScript is JavaScript is a single thread. Um, yeah, JavaScript. I will say the single thread, uh, one at a time kind of command. Um, what else? What I say about it? Single thread, one code line at a time. Um, yeah, I, that's really all I can say about it. It's not a very good language. Well, my bad. Not a very good language. That's not what I meant. There's nothing wrong with her. It's just she needs a little help. JavaScript is not very good by itself with running code, um, depending on the environment you're you're doing it in. On the browser, JavaScript relies on, you know, well, the browser to do a lot of the work for it. Like, you know, I think the browser is written in C. So, you know, when we have callback functions and stuff like that, you know, depending on your level, if you already know about callback functions, why are you even listening to this podcast? Um, LOL. But, you know, if you don't know about callback functions, that's whatever. But just know there's some things that obviously our JavaScript and our CSS can't really do without the browser. So with that being said, you know, we have to have an interpreter do it for us because JavaScript is a one time, it's kind of like a one code at a time language. It does require an interpreter um, to do the work for it. So with Google, I believe it's the V8 engine. And with um, Mozilla Firefox, I believe it's SpiderMonkey. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. I'm not sure. I only know about Google because I only use Google Dev Tools. Sorry about that. But um, so the only reason I'm just saying this is just to let you know that not only is that all these quote unquote um, programming languages um, they're not as scary as you think they are because a lot of the work is already done for them. And that's not to discourage anyone from saying like, oh, well, JavaScript's not really programming. In a sense, it is programming. It is. Um, it's just that, you know, these technologies are very much easy um, to, to learn very quickly, I would say. And that's something that also I want to talk about before I dive more into JavaScript. And that is any of these three core technologies are deceptively easy to learn at a glance. There are times where you go learn the information. You may learn it a little too fast and you may feel like, okay, I'm going to jump to another subject. And, you know, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, don't, don't jump into another subject until you are able to produce it yourself. If you can't produce it yourself, you're not ready to jump on. And I'll give you an example. Like earlier, I was just practicing. Um, wait, why was I just practicing? My bad. Oh, yeah. Um, I was just practicing, um, you know, just compiling JSON. I was just learning about JSON. And I noticed that um, while I was doing it, um, I was trying to, like, basically make um, an NFL statement. I was trying to be fancy and do it in a itinerary operator. And then I found out I actually don't know how to use itinerary operators really well. So I'm relearning it. And, you know, I don't want to move on any further. Honestly... Yeah, I don't want to move on any further. I know how if else statements work. I know how break cases and all that stuff work. But itinerary functions, am I saying it right? Or operators, whatever you want to call it, they can be a little confusing to some people. And, you know, that's just me. I feel like if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to revisit the subject and make sure that I really know it before I move on. That is, that is just me. You don't have to do that. I just like to make sure I know the basics and before I move on. That, that's just me. Because I don't, I personally do not believe in, and this is just me, I personally do not believe in lying to myself. I don't like saying, oh, I know how to do this and I don't know how to do it. If I don't know how to do it, I don't know how to do it. I'm going to tell you I don't know how to do it. Um, 
and that's just it and I'm fine with that because I will learn you know I'm I'm just learning just how like any of us are we shouldn't beat ourselves up over it so let me stop beating around the bush JavaScript JavaScript so as a programming language yes it can be a little intimidating and it can be a little hard but at the same time it actually can be very intuitive because JavaScript is about declarations, it's about assignments, and it's about utilizing um, your objects that you assign them to um, really well with each other. So, you know, with that being said, where am I going with this? Oh yeah. So with that being said, um, the best way to learn JavaScript, in my opinion, is if you're self-teaching, if you're self-teaching, you should not do YouTube tutorials whatsoever. I do not believe that. Um, if you want to look at a YouTube video as a reference, that's fine. But I'm talking about me. And if you want to take my advice, I would not look at a YouTube video simply because they're. Uh, this is going to break into kind of like a conversation in itself, but. I would say if you really want to learn how to do it, go to W3 schools and read articles and learn how to reproduce the work that they're telling you because you have to, not only do you have to figure it out yourself, but you have to also learn how to remake it yourself. Um, And also go to Udemy. You may have to pay a little bit of money, but they have flash sales. Like if you see a course on something and it looks, and it looks promising to you, I think you should do it. Now, I know that may seem contradictory of itself when I say, you know, don't go on YouTube, but the reason how come I don't I don't go on YouTube for say to learn content is because YouTube is kind of like it, it like YouTubers kind of like to show the good sides of everything. They don't like to let you know like the bad things that are going on. There's time where you'll be on someone Udemy like kind of tutorial for me, Cold Steel. I like Cold Steel. He's amazing. You should look at his videos um, on Udemy and on YouTube. Um, but he will make a mistake, but he doesn't edit it out. And I love that because it shows you his thinking process and what you should be thinking. And so what I'm saying is I want you to build logic and you, and you should want to build logic too. You know, it's not just typing code and just memorizing syntaxes. It's really just knowing why doesn't, why does this not interact with this? Why does my debugger keep saying on line 29, um, I have an uncaught syntax error and all that other stuff. You know, this is stuff that you should know because it makes your speed of development much faster. Not learning it, but it makes your it makes the speed of doing it faster. And I know speed is not the most important thing, but what I think is the most important thing is efficiency. If you know how to read your debugger, you know how to solve your problem. Or at least that gives you 50% of the way of how to solve your problem. Imagine editing code without a debugger. That seems very hard in itself. I can already see, like, headaches for the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, W3 Schools, it has a pretty good map. I think after, and I'm only going to say W3 Schools just because you have to read it and then do it yourself. So once you're going through, and let's say when you get to objects, that's when I think you should, and this is in my opinion, you don't have to do this. Some people will continue going through W3 Schools 
Um, I'm going to let you know a little secret. I never UW3 um, schools. I've just been seeing how effective it is from other people. And other people have been saying it's really effective. It helps me. It get me a good start. And that's great. I think you should do it. That's the only reason why I'm recommending it. Because an overwhelming majority of people I say it, have said it has worked for them. So I'm going to vouch to that. But once you start getting, but when you get over in W3 school, you reach objects or you reach um, arrays, that's when I feel like you should probably take um, a, a intro class to data structures in JavaScript. And I know you're like, wait, is that math? <laughs> and depending on us front end developers, we may not like math. Math is probably not the thing that we like. It's probably the reason why we don't even want to go into back end development to be honest. But the only reason I say go into um, data structures is because it is not only like W3 schools, it's not only a set curriculum where you have to learn the theory of something and put it into practice, but it'll also teach you the language and what the language can and cannot do. So like, remember earlier when I was explaining about um, how callbacks, um, sorry, remember earlier how I was explaining how callbacks, um, you know, if without the browser, they won't really work too well. Well, that's something good to know. Um, because again, JavaScript is a single thread language. It reads code one bit at a time. How do we know that the browser or JavaScript is reading something before another thing? How do we know when JavaScript interacts or has functions that are invoked when, you know, something else didn't happen? You know, stuff like that. This is very important to know depending on where you're going to do with your um, web development experience, whether you be a um, JavaScript engineer, which is more on the subject that I'm leaning towards, or you just want to be, you know, a web designer where you don't need too much of it. But I think everyone should probably consider the idea of taking data structures because it builds you a good logic in how to use JavaScript. I'm only saying it just for learning JavaScript. I'm not saying it, take it for math's sake. I'm saying take it for... Um, take it for the, um, for the logic base and building JavaScript applications. I think that's what I'm trying to say. You can look at something, um, uh, you can look at, um, Colt Steele's, um, Udemy course, um, intro into JavaScript, I mean, intro into, um, data structures, um, um, masterclass, something like that. There's flash sales. He sells his entire, um, what's it called, pack for like, I think $10, $12, something like that. I'm not sponsored by him at all. Any LOL, I don't even know who he is, um, at least in person. Um, I only seen him like in his YouTube videos, but he has really great content. He breaks it down. It's really nice in a way that you can absorb the information. And if you honestly practice doing those data structures, and I'm not talking about learning every single data structure. That's another thing. Don't learn every single data structure. Learn what's only effective for you. So, for example, my trail with learning data structures um, with him was obviously learning the JavaScript fundamentals and, you know, learning how to do some math related stuff like, you know, how to do like factorials and how to do notations, but not like, you know, like write it down, like, you know, do a word problem, but how to implement it in JavaScript. Because, you know, what if you want to build a calculator in JavaScript? What if you need to calculate a tip? You know, that's something good to know. You know, you have to use a data structure for that. Um, how to sort through an array. What is the fastest way to sort through an array? You know, you have to do that, well, with JavaScript. You know, you, you're going to have to implement it with, with it if you want to get, 
a search result from like a from a shopping list really fast and i only say this i know i've been saying a lot i only say this i only say this i only say this i only say this lol but i only say this because you don't know where your path of development may lead you as a front-end developer you may work for a company or you may want to work for a company but they have like a million users and you may have to sort through an array of a million users plus there are millions of items and stuff like that so it's good to have the practice and knowing how to really structure um data and how to look for data and how to do it in very nice clean ways um so i would feel like after you learn just maybe like up to like bubble sort or like insertion sort um and I'm talking about sorting algorithms. I'm not even talking about data structures, like, primarily yet. If you want to learn, like, singly list, doubly list, um, stacks and queues, if you want to learn those things, go ahead and do it. I think they're, I think they're awesome. Um, I haven't really dived that deep into them, but I think they're awesome. Um, I would. I would go ahead and continue down that route. Um, so, but I would stop maybe around, like, bubble sort or insertion sort, because at that point... You are already using do while loops and while loops and for loops, and you understand how to nest them and you know how to do all that other stuff. So that's great. In my opinion, should you stop there? No, um, because there's way more to learn, um, and it will make you very efficient in writing JavaScript code and writing um, logical JavaScript code. Um, not saying that you can't do it without learning data structures, but it's a planned curriculum. So it'll definitely get you somewhere. It'll definitely teach you how to look at your code in another way ever since i took my data structures class or you know taking it now i have been able to read javascript code and you know really any of my code effectively because i'm looking at it from a different perspective i'm not looking at it like just searching the story i'm looking at it as in like what is my problem at this line and why is it a problem and how can i make my code more efficient at this problem and it, it's so it's so good it's so good to build that knowledge because it makes you so good at reading code it makes you so good at making eligible readable and reusable efficient code and that's the thing you want to do as a developer you want to do all those aspects make efficient readable um code so i think i kind of touched on all my intro topics for how to break into um, front-end web development I I mean, there's definitely more, like I said, like, you know, working with JSON, working with um, AJAX request, um, H- um, HTTP request, um, you know, learning CSS preprocessor. There's so many things that you can learn and you can do as a front-end developer, um, but I'm just going to stop it here because um, I feel like if anyone was to use this, I want them to learn the absolute basics. That is the most important thing to me. I follow this, I do it, I only learn the basics right now, and that's because when I do start learning more advanced topics, I want to be able to understand their core fundamentals before I start trying to implement, you know, advanced fundamentals. I don't think you know one should learn a framework before they master a language. Um, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. I just don't agree with it, and that's something that I personally won't do. But if you want to do it, that's fine. I just hope you just know how to distinguish the difference between your language your your vanilla your vanilla language i'm sorry versus your um what am i trying to say oh yeah between your framework um if you are going to work with a framework that manipulates the dom on an advanced level i feel like you should you know learn a lot about the dom (laughs) um you know that's that's really that so 
I hope you got a lot of information out of this. I hope this helped you get in a pretty good understanding on where to go um, in our front-end developer journeys. If you have advice, if you have tips, if you have things that will make it better, maybe I missed out something, maybe I did not include something that you thought I should include, let me know, let me know, let me know. I'll definitely make sure I will even look into our practice in myself. Um, and just, let's just help build this community of curious web developers trying to, you know, make the best of ourselves and really find what is the best way to learn whatever thing we're trying to learn. So this is me, Rody, student web developer, student web designer. Um, you've been listening to the um, Student Dev Den, and I hope we tune in for a second episode if this does curate you. Thanks, and have a good rest of your day or night. Thank you.